if you've got a Bible, you can turn it to the book of Psalms and you can start in chapter 1 if you like. We're going to have a short series over the summer looking at the Psalms. We've called it Songs for the Summer. And we're going to be hearing from different people each week looking at a different psalm. Uh, and so this morning, what I thought I would do, really to kick that off, it's not really an overview of, of what Psalms is about, but I just wanted to stir us a little bit to see what a great treasure the book of Psalms is for us. And so for, I know for some of you, you'll be thinking, well, I, um, I've got my favourite Psalms. I know what my favourite Psalms are. That, that's to the extent that some of you will go. Some of you may be here thinking, well, I, I've heard of kind of psalms and maybe I've heard it read at a funeral perhaps, but I don't really kind of know any, any psalms. So I know there'll be different people with different experiences of the psalms. But it's amazing that over the, these songs are, you know, 300, 3,000 years old, and yet they still comfort they still stir, they still resonate, they still speak to us today. Even much so in our generation today, did you know that the American uh, celebrity couple, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, called their, their most recent child Psalm? Did you know that? I did. Hey, I've won some credibility, haven't I, <laughs> with people. Well, I am just about to lose all that credibility in one go because I, I need to confess something. There's something I like to do at home and that is washing up. <laughs> I love it. I do. I love washing up. I've got a dishwasher, but I like washing up. And even worse than that, one of the things I like to do when I wash up is listen to Radio 4. This <laughs> is getting worse, isn't it? Um, I do. I just like having it on in the background. I don't know if it reminds me of childhood or what. But over Easter, I was washing up and listening to Radio 4. Oh, God, this sounds, sounds even worse as I say it out loud. And, and as I was doing this, I suddenly heard phrases that I recognised. And it was from the book of Psalms. And what they'd done on Radio 4 over the Easter holidays this year is they had um, the movie star Jeremy Irons reading the book of Psalms over four days for, for about half an hour each time. Jeremy Irons, probably, if you're kind of a bit younger, was the voice of Scar in Lion King, if that helps. So you've got the voice of, you've got Scar reading Psalms to you over the radio. That's how relevant the book of Psalms still is, that, that a national radio station could broadcast the book of Psalms simply being read for half an hour each day. Okay, so we've got 150 Psalms divided into five books. And they were, they're really poems or prayers written for the people of God in the Old Testament. And there's various authors as we go through them, but the bulk of them are written by David. He was a king, amazing king, in the Old Testament. And we, we need to see what kind of writings they are, because the Bible's full of different writings. There's historic books, there's prophetic books, there's letters, there's poems, and we need to know what we're reading. Um, it's all the inspired Word of God for us, 
how God reveals himself to you and I. And actually we find the full revelation of that in Jesus. The very word of God. But we have to understand how we're to read these poems, these prayers. See, the psalmist knew something that I think we deep down all know as well. That we learn in different ways. We hear, uh, we see, we feel, we experience. You know, we, we are not simply brains on sticks, are we? You know, actually, when we do something like have a big canopy or a big flag like we did this morning, it speaks to us, doesn't it? We get under it, we move. We, we, we find that actually through that we're, learn, we're learning something, aren't we, Paul? We're experiencing something. We're growing through, through that. It's helping us to understand who God is and who we are. So, so, so poetry in the Bible is addressed to the mind but through the heart. It's not simply just information for our ears. Actually, it wants to speak through our emotions. It wants to give words to some of our experiences. See, that's really good. But it also reminds us that we're not to look for kind of detailed meaning that might not be there in all of the Psalms. Because that's not how they're intended to be written. Because they're going for the heart. So, there's different types of psalms. We're going to look at some different types of psalms. Um, there's, there's, uh, this is like the basic... There's lots of different ways of looking at different psalms, but here's an easy, easy, easy way. Three different ways. There are songs of praise. They focus on the praise of God, how great he is, how he holds the world together, how he is wonderful and majestic, and they're often used, aren't they? As we gather together in worship, maybe we might hear something like Psalm 8. Lord, how majestic is all your name. In, how majestic is your name in all the earth. They're songs of lament. That's actually not really a word we use much in our everyday language, is it? Songs of lament. Maybe you do if you're from the Middle East. Maybe that feels a bit more familiar language. But if you're British like me, it's probably not something you particularly think about a lot or, or, or do or comes to mind. But actually, sometimes life is not easy, is it? Sometimes there are difficulties. Sometimes there are tragedies. Sometimes there's hardship. Sometimes there's injustice. And psalms of lament help us to kind of express that sadness, help us to express what we're, the suffering we're feeling or the disappointment that hangs around us. See, the Christian life isn't meant to ignore these things. Actually, quite the opposite. You know, in our society, there are kind of two, two options, by and large, when we come to think, thinking like this, in terms of difficulties and sufferings. Either bottle it all up and don't tell anyone, stiff up a lip and all that, or just actually get it out. You need to get it out. Get it out and let your emotions out. The problem is, as a society that has ditched God, we don't know how to get it out and who to get it out to. But there is a third way. It's bring it to God. Bring your disappointments. Bring your sadness. Bring your difficulties to him. And the Psalms help us to do that. 
But even more, the Psalms, we, in doing that, they lift us and they say, you, you find things where it says, you know, Never, nevertheless, I will trust in God who's for me. So Psalm 22 says, Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. See, the, um, the Old Testament um, teacher, Bible teacher, um, Alec Matias says, the Psalms are a bit like a, a map. I think we've got a picture of a map, a, a kind of old school map, whereby, do you know how sometimes you would see a, a map of Australia, uh, and maybe on the other side there might be a map of Britain, but actually if you have them on the same page, it doesn't help you see scale, does it? You kind of go, what? I don't understand. So sometimes they would have a, a small kind of postage stamp size. This is the size of Great Britain compared to the size of Australia, just so you can get the proportions in context. Actually, the book of Psalms helps us to do that sometimes. We bring our sufferings, our disappointments, our experiences to God. But actually, in the light of, we see who he is. And actually, by doing that, we can see that he is a great God. And compared to his greatness, his majesty, his great love for you and I, actually, our issues, our our circumstances are put in proportion to what they are. And there's songs of thanksgiving where someone's got a real personal reason to express their thankfulness, their joy, their gratitude to God because he's protected them or provided for them. So Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. He set my feet on a rock. Often times in life, there's times we want to express our thankfulness to God for something he's done. See, the Psalms are for all of life. They speak into every emotion, every situation, every circumstance. And you know what? I believe the Psalms are not just an optional extra for some people. They are vital to discipleship, vital to maturity. They're vital to our walk with God. Listen, here are how some... Uh, people uh, down the ages what they've said about the Psalms Athanasius the 4th century um, uh, church leader from the Middle East anyone from the Middle East there are people from the Middle East here I know he said this He he said in other books of the Bible God speaks to us however the Psalms speak for us they give us the words so we can approach God See, sometimes they help us to express. We we don't know what to express. The Psalms help us to express what we want to express. They're a language that helps us to God. Calvin, John Calvin, 15th century European church leader, he likened the Psalms to anatomy. Have we got any doctors around? We have a number of doctors or medical people. They know what anatomy is, don't they? I'm very squeamish on these things. I don't like anatomy, as Jody well knows. Um, But... Calvin said the Psalms are like an anatomy of the soul. You know, anatomy is like you open things, you open bodies up and, and things up, and you kind of look and you understand this is how things work. Is that right? That is anatomy, isn't it? <laughs> it's the structure of how everything. Calvin said the, the Psalms are like an anatomy of the soul. You want to know what's really in you? You know, really in you. The Psalms will help you. They'll help understand what's in you as you express your prayers and your songs to God. 
Okay, so we're going to look at two psalms, and I, I promise we are going to be quick, so, so don't worry. I know we're only just getting to the passage now, but it's, it's really kind of quick through, so don't worry. Psalm 1 and 2, because really, Psalm 1 and 2 set this, the whole tone for as we look through the psalms, and really what we're going to see is two types of blessing of God as we read through these psalms. So I'm going to read through them now, okay? So Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff, and the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Okay, and then Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire, and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord, against his anointed saying, let's break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I've installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I'll proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You'll break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces with like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss the sun, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flow up in a moment. Blessed are the all who take refuge in him. Okay, so two types of blessing we see from God. First, it says that Blessed are those who del- whose delight is in the law of the Lord. So the law of the Lord is talking about the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But actually he's, he's not just that. He's not just saying people who read these books of the Bible. Actually he's saying people who centre their very life on God. See, what we delight ourselves in, we make the centre of our lives, don't we? And uh, that's what he's saying. Delight having God at the centre of your life. You're blessed. There's blessing in knowing God, he's saying. And you, and you can know him. He wants us to delight in him. You can know God. He's made himself known. Like a tree that's planted by streams of water. I, I love that imagery. A tree planted by streams of water. It knows its roots go down into the fertile soil into uh, moist um, land and can draw, can draw life-giving relationship, can draw power and strength and sustainability. We can draw on this life-giving relationship that we have in God. And this is kind of one of the big themes of Psalms. We might look at life and say, well, actually... Um, Without God, you can be successful. You can, it makes no difference. Uh, it has no consequences. It seems that God, God blesses those who don't seem to acknowledge him or in fact 
um, reject him. But Psalms is saying, no, 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 that's not true. It's just not true. Blessing is delighting in knowing who God is, the psalmist tells us. It's knowing the favour of God and being known by him. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, says, um, do you know what, I count, I count it all worthless. I count everything else worthless compared to the surpassing um, glory, beauty, worth of knowing Jesus Christ. See, we, we heard stories, didn't we, last week, of people in persecuted nations who seemingly everyone around them is being blessed. Seemingly everyone around them is um, uh, moving on. Okay, fine. Yet they've chosen, they're having to choose. They're choosing to follow Jesus. But they're saying, do you know what? I count count everything else as worthless compared to knowing Jesus. I'm going to do that, even despite what it might mean. Because I know blessing comes as I know him. Listen, perhaps you know Jesus is calling you to delight in him more this morning. Perhaps you may just kind of sense, do you know what, that's, that's become dull in my heart, in my life. He's calling you to delight in him, to rejoice in him, to find him utterly amazing. Okay, so that's our big first theme of the Psalms. There is blessing in knowing God. Secondly, it talks about, the Psalms talk about an anointed king to come. Okay, in Israel there were kings that came and that they went. Some were good, some were bad. And uh, the psalmist um, is kind of saying, look, the other kings of other nations, they're ungodly. You know, you'll look, you, you look around and you'll see, you'll look to kings to lead you, um, but one day I will bring my anointed king. And he will be perfect where every other king has failed. Even, and this psalm perhaps is talking in the immediate about David, even King David won't be the perfect king. Even Solomon after him won't be the perfect king. No, 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 I will bring an anointed king who will rule forever. The ultimate rescuer. Jesus is that anointed king. See, in Hebrews 1, we see, that, um, we see the writer of Hebrews using Psalm 2, saying it's all about Jesus. And Psalms, believe it or not, is the Old Testament book that Jesus quotes the most from. So so we must see Jesus in the Psalms. Why? Because Jesus saw himself in the Psalms. This is from Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 21, uh, verse 42. He quotes Psalm 118. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvellous in his eyes. Jesus is God's anointed that the Psalms talk of. And Psalm 2, as we've read, says, Blessed is the person who takes refuge in him, who runs to him, who hides in him. That's what you would do if your land was being attacked. You would find refuge in the city. You'd run to the city. The city's got walls, it's got defences. You'll find your refuge in there. And Psalms is saying, Come and find refuge. In Jesus. Come and find security in Jesus. Come and find blessing in Jesus. We need saving. Why do we need saving? Well, 
the reason we need saving is because the reality is that none of us have lived that Psalm 1 life the way we should. None of us have delighted God in the way we should. None of us have delighted in God in how he's called us to. might even sometimes feel that our life resembles the other people in Psalm 1, the mockers, the wicked. See, sin isn't a popular word nowadays. But actually the heart of sin is not so much that we do wrong things, but that we choose to delight in things other than God. We choose to replace our delight in God with other stuff. Anything. That's the heart of sin. See, and the refuge that Jesus offers is from the consequences of sin. How can he offer refuge from sin? Because on the cross he took all its punishment. Everything sin deserved was laid on him instead of you and me. And now, for those who choose to find their refuge in him, he's in charge, not sin. And do you know what? Through that, through that life-giving relationship, finding refuge in him, we're then able to live out the Psalm 1 life, hallelujah, and delight in him all our days. He gives us power to delight in him. He sends his spirit to help us rejoice in him, even when circumstances tell us otherwise. See, refuge means receiving Jesus' forgiveness. It means allowing him into your life, choosing to live with him and know him more. Perhaps this morning you have never done that. Perhaps this morning could be the day you do that. The day you say, Jesus, I'm going to allow you in. Jesus, I'm going to take refuge in you. Jesus, I'm going to receive the forgiveness you have for me for every sin I have done and will do. And I'll be secure in you forever. Listen, do you need that today? He holds this out to you. He's calling to you. He's calling to all of us. As we go through this psalm series, um, I think God is really going to be speaking to us. Not simply through um, teaching a psalm, but actually through hearing people's life experience. As they say, this is what this psalm has meant for me. This is how this psalm has helped me through particular situations, particular times. I believe God is really going to speak to us as we do that. Listen, God is going to give us words and prayers to express to him some of the things we're going through right now. Perhaps you know there's things you're going through right now. Listen, God has given you the Psalms so that you can express your prayers and your heart to him. It's a gift of grace he has given to you and I. He's going to give us new words and prayers to express our thankfulness. Listen, are you thankful to God this morning? He's given you, by his grace, psalms, so you might express that. Do we use our own words as well? Of course we do. Do we sing our own songs? Of course we do. But actually as well, he's given us these words that we might approach him with when we don't know what to pray. And actually when we do want to pray. He's going to lift our heads to see Jesus, the anointed king, as we go through the Psalms. I believe he wants to uh, actually reignite something in us for the Psalms. Where perhaps we've just gone, well, actually, yeah, uh, maybe some people like them, but not, they're not for me. Or 
Maybe they're for this time and not this time. No, no, the Psalms are for all of life. And he wants to use it to grow us and to shape us and to lead us into all that he has for us. If the band could come up, I'd love us to sing. Um, Have we got another song we can do? It'd be good to express our hearts. That's what Psalms is about, isn't it? Expressing our love and our thankfulness to God. Let's, Let's come before God in prayer. We've been before God all morning. But as the band come up, let's just come before God in prayer. Listen, perhaps you know this morning there's, there's things you're going through. He wants to, um, by his grace, give you words to pray when you don't know what to pray. Listen, perhaps you, you thinking, what I'm going through now, how will God cope with that? Listen, the Psalms remind us that God knows. He knows the depth of our hearts. He's prepared a book so that we can express that heart. But even more so, he came and lived out life. He knows firsthand because he came and lived this life in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray as we kind of take this little series through Psalms, you'd equip us and you'd speak to us and you'd comfort us and we'd find fresh life as this book, as as you come alive to us again. Holy Spirit, please be with us. Spirit of God, come and touch us right now even. Just feel that, that you might be feeling, no one else else knows what I'm going through right now. That might be the, the thing that's on your heart right now. Would you know what God does? God does. And he's a prepared prayers Laments, songs of thanksgiving, songs of praise for you and for me. Because he knows and because he cares. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, we can take refuge in you, our great king, who has paid it all so that we might be yours. Amen. Amen. Let's sing and worship.